So tonight we're continuing our parikram of uh, Sri Giridaj Govardhan. And remembering Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we're going to look at the places where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started his parikram. And it is a place where the residents of Vrindavan, including Srimati Radharani, are said to have gone to start their parikram as well. So I will share my screen with you to uh, share a picture of Hari Dave. Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare This is the beautiful Hari Dave Mandir. You see on the right hand side, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced there for hours in ecstasy when he came to Govardhan. He stayed there at the Hari Dave temple and also at Manasi Ganga before he began his Govardhan Parikrama. And therefore, there are pilgrims that come here by the millions every year. And many of them start their parikram here at the Hari Dave Temple. So, Sri Hari Dave is a deity of Narayan. And when Srimati Radharani uh, would come here to visit this deity, then she would pray along with her friends that. Hantayam Adra Abalahari Dasavaryo Yadrama Krishna Chanana Sparashapramoda Manam Tanuti Sahago Ganayustayo Yat Paniya Suyava Sakandanakandamulai. This is a verse uh, from the Srimad Bhagavatam spoken by Srimati Radharani about Govardhan Hill. And she's saying that Hantayam, it's a kind of lament that, oh, and this is a, a mood of the devotees that they feel that I'm not very qualified. I, um, I have so much to learn in Krishna's service. But this Giriraj, this uh, Govardhan Hill is Haridasavaryo. He is the greatest servant of the Lord. So there are several Hari Dasivaryas, those who are known to be great devotees of the Lord, Yudhishthira. Of course, the whole plot of the, the Mahabharata is about the way in which Krishna wanted to install Yudhishthira on the throne to rule over the world because he was religiousness personified. And then there's Sri Uddhava, who's Krishna's most intimate associate, 
but he's even more elevated than Yudhishthira in the sense that uh, Krishna sent him to Vrindavan to, just so he could understand the mood of the residents of Vrindavan in separation from him, Krishna. And he went there, did Uddhava, and then came back and commiserated with Krishna because he had seen this, the, the mood of the, the devotees there and he also prayed. Did Uddhava, and this is enshrined at Uddhava Kund, what we, where we saw yesterday that temple, Sri Uddhava, that let the residents of Vrindavan walk by me and let, let me be there as a clump of grass so that some of the dust from their lotus feet will fall on my head. And then Haridasivaryo, the greatest devotee, is also a Govardhan. And so uh, Srimati Radharani explains uh, what is the quality of, of Giriraj, why he's so great. And she says uh, he, he uses his whole body, his whole existence, everything about him is uh, for serving Krishna. So there's uh, water for drinking, soft grass for feeding the cows. Then there's uh, the waterfalls. They can take bath there. All kinds of honey, mango juice, pilu, pilu juice. The Krishna and his friends and cows would all go there and be completely taken care of by Giriraj Govardhan. And uh, also she says that he's joyful, that he's in ecstasy. Why? Because uh, he's being touched by the lotus feet of uh, Lord Krishna and all his devotees. So why is she lamenting? Because she's uh, regretting. She's saying, oh, I'm not very qualified. I." am wanting in these qualities that Govara, uh, that Giriraj has. So the, the question is then, uh, what is a, a successful devotee? And what is successful devotional service? And in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, the search of Narada Muni for the greatest of for the greatest of devotees ends in Vrindavan with Srimati Radharani. And we hear about this in the Upadeshamrita where we uh, get a, a list of the hierarchy of all the devotees. Who is the highest? What is that list? How does it go, Manisha? What's the verse? I'll give you a hint. It's one of the last three verses of the Upadeshamrita. Bravo. Very well done. So that verse actually is uh, talking about the gradations starting Vaikuntas Janitovara 
above Vaikuntha is um, Vrindavan, Mathura above Vrindavan, and uh, above Mathura is Vrindavan, and then the forest of Vrindavan, and then it goes all the way to Govardhan Hill, and then Radhakund. But of course, Radhakund is right there uh, next to Govardhan. And then the next verse. Karmi Byak Parito Hare Priyataya. You know it. And so the, in this verse, uh, Rupa Goswami is describing the gradations of people, starting with the karmis. Karmi bya parito hare priyataya vyaktimya yurgyaninas tebyo gyani vimukta bhakti parama premaika nishtastata tebyasta pashupala pankaja drishasta vyopisuradika preshta tadvadiyam tadiya sarasi tamna shayet kakriti. So there, a list, and coming all the way up to the topmost of all the devotees. Above the karmis are the jnanis, above the jnanis are those who have become devotees, and above the devotees are the realized devotees, and above them are the ones that have pure love for Krishna. And of all those who have pure love for Krishna, uh, Srimati Radharani is the best. But here's the mood of Srimati Radharani uh, to her friends in this verse, Hantayamadra Balaharidasavaryu. They're, they're thinking about Govardhan and how he's rendering better service. He's giving everything, his whole body, in all different ways. He's serving Krishna. So then their idea is, let us go in Parikram from here. And by honoring this great devotee, then we'll also be able to take on these qualities. We'll also be able to develop this kind of devotion that uh, we can give our whole um, existence for Krishna. So this is uh, the mood of the parikram when the devotees uh, set out to walk around Govardhan Hill. I, I should say this is the ideal mood because people come to Govardhan for v various reasons. Uh, you'll notice that there are little houses built along the side of the of the mark, <laughs> pile up stones because everybody knows Giri Raj is so merciful he'll fulfill all your desires. So some, they, they want a big house, so they'll pile. There's a whole area. In fact, when I went there to uh, put rocks, put Govardhan Shilas in order to uh, pray for different devotees to be able to be successful in their marathons, I could barely find any areas where the rocks hadn't been, where the Govardhan Shilas hadn't been piled up with people praying for a house. <laughs> and then other people, they... They'll tie together the trees and the creepers and praying to Giri Raj to please give me the best husband or wife. And uh, who knows, but everyone has various desires and they come to Giri Raj. So one has to be careful when going on Parikrama or for that matter, or living one's life. Krishna is within our hearts. Ishvara Sarva Bhutanam Brahmayam Sarva Yantram Rudrani Maya. He's in the heart of every devotee, of every person, every living entity, and he's observing our desires. So Prahlad Maharaj said that uh, you're already sitting under a desire tree. And the desire tree doesn't consider who's the lower or the higher, he simply fulfills all desires. So this is the um, intelligence of Srimati Radharani and her friends that they're starting out to worship this uh, devotee. 
actually Giri Raj is both Krishna and devotee, just like Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's a devotee, but he's Krishna at the same time. He assumed the form of this hill, but also the gopis are worshiping him as Hari Dasivarya, the greatest of devotees, because ultimately we're not after Krishna, we're after love for Krishna. It's more valuable. And uh, the Hari Dasivarya, the servant, Giriraj, who's serving Krishna, he's the uh, object of their prayers. And so going off into Parikram, step by step, there's a way in which by honoring the devotee, honoring Giriraj, or that any devotee for that matter, instead of becoming envious, if we see somebody advanced, it's easy enough to either become envious or to show honor and respect and worship and appreciation and listen. And if we do the latter, then the qualities of that person enter into our heart. And that's what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita is the secret to success in knowing what is what. He says, Tadvidi pranipatena pariprashnina sevaya upadakshantite jnanam jnaninas tadvadarshina. That if you uh, want to know the truth and approach somebody who has seen it and who has the qualities that you're looking for and then uh, give pranipat, be, be respectful. Oh, it's so powerful, respect. And render service and ask questions. So that's how the, uh, the gopis, uh, when they're offering this prayer, and it's a beautiful prayer everyone can uh, remember, memorize, and say to Giri Raj, keeping in mind how special this place is, uh, Govardhan. It's the place that... Uh, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta said, this, this is where we'll stay. Because, every, of course, Radhakund is the topmost of all places. But he said, we'll stay nearby. And we'll <laughs> worship Radhakund from, from Govardhan. And in the very last days of Prabhupada's presence here in the world, he asked to go to Govardhan. He was too ill to make such a journey. And there was quite a discussion about that between Prabhupada and his disciples, what they should do, take him or not take him. And the Ayurvedic doctor said, if you take him, he'll immediately leave his body. He was so frail. So <clears throat> the devotees took him after when Prabhupada left. Then they took him on a, on a bullock and went all the way around, around the um, Govardhan Hill and had a huge kirtan. Agni Dev Prabhu and uh, Keshav Bharti Marj and all the devotees were staying there, took Prabhupada around. But that was his desire before he left the world that let me go to Govardhan. I want to do the Govardhan Parikrama. So we can see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went there and he went to the Haridev temple to perform his uh, kirtan and he danced in ecstasy. The gopis went there and they'd start the, their, do their Parikram from there and uh, pray for the mercy of Giri Raj Govardhan. And so this is the secret to success, really, is to find an advanced devotee and then uh, show honor, respect, give service, and then ask questions, hear the, hear the vibration. And then naturally, that will become elevated. I was thinking this morning, 
because uh, I told you a few weeks ago that I started writing down my priorities and it's made a big difference. Just thinking about and confronting myself to sit down and say, what are your priorities, sir? Nope, sit back down again and write them down. <laughs> because it's easy enough to say, ah, later I'll make priorities. And later never comes in the material world. We're simply pushed on to the next destination until I make clear my priority and then really pursue it. I don't go in that direction. I go in the direction that uh, the material nature pushes me. And uh, I wrote down, I took, I took some time and actually it was an intriguing process to write down what my main priorities were. And after I had, then I started really thinking about them. What do they all mean? What, is it, what are the implications of this? And then uh, this morning when I was uh, reading and chanting and then I was thinking of some of the priorities I had written and I thought, oh, they need to be refined. And why did I think that? It's because I was reading and chanting and getting some association <laughs> from the, the holy name and from uh, the Shastra. So I was appreciating the fact, in fact, I wrote it down somewhere, that you can't rise any higher than your priorities. You cannot rise any higher than your priorities. That's as high, high as you, you're going to go. And you can't upgrade your priorities only, and you, you can only upgrade your priorities by good association. But once we get um, sadhu, shastra, guru, association, that's what that means, that I'm taking time to be with somebody who has a higher priorities than I do. And then if, I, then if I'm able to upgrade my priorities, then, then I'm optimistic. I can move in that direction. And that's a joyful life when I realize that, what the source of my good fortune is and how to achieve that good fortune. So that's um, the mood of, of the Haridev temple, of starting off place and realizing that it's all, my progress in life is really dependent on this mercy that's coming down to me. And now let's, before I take us to the next place in the uh, Parikram, which will be uh, Dangati, a place where Krishna performed his uh, lila of uh, taking tax from the gopis. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But let's just see if you have reflections or questions. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna Deva Radha. I uh, am really loving this program of virtual uh, Nav uh, Vrindavan Parikrama. It's helping me remember just how sweet and simple the devotees at that ashram are that serve at the, the Govardhan Palace and just how it's so admirable, like immediately upon seeing them, that you're just like, man, I want to have a mood like them because they're so surrendered and they're so ready to do anything. And they're also just so joyful and blissful. It's just um, so inspiring. And so to just hear about Govardhan hear about Vrindavan, it just really brings me back to being in Govardhan Palace and being around those wonderful Vaishnavas. Yes, that's a very nice mood and appreciation and observation. And at the same time, let me give you a, a little bit of their perspective. Please stay on camera. I just want to see your reaction. Uh, just to balance your perspective. Staying at uh, that Govardhan Ashram is not easy. 
I mean, it's the hottest inhabited place on the earth. And therefore, many uh, residents have come and gone from that place. Some have even become, um, you know, even unsteady, you know, staying in that ashram and left and not been joyful. I mean, it's altogether possible to be in a, be in a, a pristine place and then uh, to also be thinking of nonsense and then become uh, a person who enacts such things. And that's happened that there at the Govardhan Ashram. There has been, over the years, some turnover. So the, the, um, the devotees, when we see them there, the ones that are staying year after year, it is a, it is a huge thing. In any ashram, of course, um, it's important to feel comfortable and to, to be you know, in a normal position where you can make advancement. And certainly the devotees that stay there especially Sikh Krishnamaraj. He's been there since the very beginning. But uh, I, I didn't want you to think that all the devotees that are there now have always been there and there have never been any problems. There have been significant <laughs> amount of problems in the ashram. So just so you know that it's ubiquitous. It's, uh, Maya is an equal opportunity distractor and she goes everywhere. She's within everything. And in, unless somebody, even in Govardhan, is very careful, then, uh, you know, you could, they, he or she can become uh, distracted. Of course, there's no she's there because it's a brahmachari ashram only. <laughs> Women come there just in the daytime, not at night. And one other slight adjustment, you called it the Govardhan Palace, but we renamed it the, the Govardhan Fortress because it actually belonged to a small-time king and... Uh, Giriraj Maharaj and uh, Tamal Krishna Maharaj had purchased that place and, and then Keshavarti Maharaj and Asik Krishna Maharaj had restored it uh, over several years. And um, the, the purpose of that place, which I'll go into in, in just a few minutes, really is more towards being a fortress. It's a place where you can fortify yourself and also be protected from uh, the material world. And I, it, I'm glad you had the experience that you were there and you saw it for yourself. Hare Krishna. Let's see what else. Any other re reflections or questions? Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Oh, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, So thank you for sharing. And uh, I like the point that you mentioned that how Giriraj doesn't really see small or big. You know, he's just so compassionate to uh, everyone there. When I was reminded a sort of a story of um, the Giriraj Mithaiwala, that he was an eight-year-old boy, and he was walking at night, and he did the labor work to maintain himself or his family sent him. And apparently, he was uh, praying to Giriraj at the same time, saying that, why so much of hard work? Why so much of hard work? And then he was because he had so much faith in Giriraj that it came out of his heart. And he just talked to him like a Giriraj person because that's the mood and bow that he probably had or he got it from his family. And Giriraj told him that, oh, do you know? Yeah, Giriraj spoke back to him and he said, you became a halwai, so you sell the sweet, uh, sweet shop or something. And then he does the sweet shop. He goes to Mathura, first learns, and he just learns. And he felt that energy because the Giriraj spoke to him. And he, because of all that energy and the faith in Giriraj's word, 
And today he's able to do the service to Giriraj. He makes everything and he offers to Giriraj every day. And he, um, Radhavala Prabhu went to learn from him and sometime, but he says that I need to be in there to learn the, to, uh, he went to un, in to learn, but he said, I want to be the one, you know, making sure the quality of the product is good because it gets offered to Giriraj. So he doesn't see like I'm offering to everyone, but he's like, I need to offer it to the good one, good quality to Giriraj. So I was just saying that how Giriraj is compassionate and uh, he doesn't even see, but this eight year old boy who gets so inspired to just serve the Giriraj, he makes the shop right there at the feet of Govardhan and just serves every day. So I just want to share that story. This is one of your friends, associates? Uh, the Giriraj Mithaiwala? Yeah. No, I, it's just Radhawala Prabhu had spent some time with him to learn the sweets. Is that the one that's right around the corner from the Akshay? Yeah, yeah, the Son Papriwala. Oh, no wonder he's been so successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his story. Actually, actually a lot of people come, come out to Govardhan just for the sweets. Yes, actually, that's true. It, everyone wants to drive by that place and take the offering to, because he offers to every day. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it puts it in a new light. Thank you. Thank you. Prabhu, I really love the point where you said that you cannot raise any higher than your priorities. I mean, planning every day, uh, prioritizing things, because time is so less. So I was just trying to remind myself that. Thank you, Prabhu. Yeah, I thought of it because I was realizing what, what the the advanced devotees' priorities are. And then I thought, the, do the ones I wrote here match up to that? Or are they self-serving? Or, or do, are they really reaching to the highest level? And then I saw the effect that, that the association has, Shastra, reading, association with advanced devotees who are already on a higher level, who are moving faster. And just by being in that kind of association, then especially if you're already setting priorities for yourself that I, ha I should be progressive, I should be shooting for something, then you can realize even more readily that uh, I need to refine it upwards. And that's a happy day because Krishna fulfills all our desires. Everyone is following the same path. It's Krishna's path in the sense that he's fulfilling our desires. And the way that I'm mixed up in the material world is due to my own mind's unruliness and its interaction with the three modes of material nature. But Krishna says, I have really nothing to do with that. That's your interaction with the modes of nature. What I'm offering you is above that. And if we have a priority and an aspiration that is above that, then Krishna will, will uh, facilitate that fully. And so that's the, the moon of marching forth on Parikram. Krishna, step by step, let me come to that higher priority. Let me live in it. Let, me be the, let that be my main uh, guiding force in my life, that I have a higher priority. That way, even when I'm entangled in the lower priorities of life, I know in my heart that my main purpose is something ideal it's i'm sure that's my ideal i hold it above my head and uh this was the plight of rupa and sanatan goswami 
when they first met Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then they were pining to be with him and said, what should we do? And Mahaprabhu sent them a note saying, when a housewife has a paramour and she's doing housework, she's always thinking of the paramour, but she does her work at home with even more care than she would have before. But all the time her mind is there with the paramour. So this was parallel with the idea that we have our duties in the material world, but at the same time, if our ideal is on the highest level, then our mind, our heart is going to be going there, even as we're working in this world. So that's uh, the main um, reason that we advance in devotional service is that we develop that kind of desire. Let's take one last reflection or question. Hare Krishna, Gurmaj. Hare Krishna. Krishna. Jai. I have a question. Um, could you explain a little bit about why is it that in the Dham, in Vrindavan and in Govardhan, that there is a, a of course, we hear that there's purification that happens, and it sounds like there is a, a risk that if our consciousness is not um, at, a, at a higher level, then we can fall down even more so than if it, we, were, we were in some other place. So could you explain a little bit about why that is so in the town? Why is it uh, that we should be, we have to be more careful there? Um, it's a surcharged yes. atmosphere. It's a very rarefied atmosphere. We're close to Krishna. We're touching Krishna. And just like, you know, when you're in, in direct uh, company with those who are very refined, then it becomes much more noticeable if our mood is coarse or out of step. And those who go to the Dom are expected to be careful because you're dealing with Krishna very directly. There are gradations of energy in this world and realms, some higher and some lower. And in each one, there's a higher or lower expectation. So when we come to the place where Krishna manifests his pastimes, where everything actually is spiritual, we have to be really aware of the fact that even though we can't see it, we have to understand that we're moving about in that realm and that whatever we do can be amplified. So we should be careful. I mean, it's just accepting the fact that uh, there's more expected of us in that place because it's, it's directly Krishna, directly Krishna. There's no difference between the Dham and Krishna. Actually, I might have mentioned this yesterday, but in the Nam Ashtakam of Rupa Goswami, where he says, Vacho vacho kamitu deiti bhavato dvanta vibhavo drisham tatvandhanam api dishati. There's a way in which the... Uh, Rupa Goswami says the holy name and Krishna are the same. But then he says, actually, they're different because the holy name is more merciful than, than Krishna himself. And so uh, Krishna and the Dham are non-different. Arajo Bhagavan Vrajeshatanayasta Dhamma Vrindavana. That uh, there's no difference between the Dham and Krishna. It's, to, uh, it's Krishna himself. At the same time, there is a difference in this 
sense that the Dom is more merciful because we can go there and we can uh, do service there in the Dom. But then, then there's this admonition that when you, when you are doing that, realize that the privilege of being that and the, and the kind of mercy you get is really dependent on your attitude. So if you go with the wrong attitude, it can just amplify the um, coarseness of your nature. So you should make up for it by being very careful to avoid offenses. Thank you. You're welcome. Prabhupada said go there for three days or three years. Which means if you're going there just as, you know, to look around, <laughs> then don't stay very long. If you're going there for service, then you can stay longer. And if you're absorbed in service, then you're absolved from a lot of mistakes, actually, as usual. And then if you go there and you, you're very careful to get settled in and hear and chant and don't get absorbed in all kinds of extracurricular things. What I mean by that, during festivals, uh, for instance, during Kartik in Vrindavan, it's really crowded and it's easy enough to start socializing. In fact, one year when I was staying in Vrindavan, not in Govardhan, and um, I had a, a vow to chant a certain number of rounds a day that required a lot of extra hours. And so I'd go to Mangalartik and then I'd always take the back route to get back to my apartment because I knew if I walked through the courtyard, where other devotees were, somebody was going to stop me and say, hey, Vaish, how you been? You still living in California? And I'm thinking, I got to go, but you don't want to be rude. So, you know, you have to plan it out when you go there. You're going there for a purpose, to serve Krishna, because that's what the energy is there. And don't go against the energy and then just start thinking. It's a place for enjoyment. Because then it really stands out. Thank you for your question. Thank Great you. Question. Okay. Let's look at um, a beautiful picture of the, the Donna Cayley uh, pastime. And then we'll just talk a little bit about that. Sorry, anybody on Facebook. You can see this later. Um, this is the Dangati. So just down the street from the Hari Dave Temple, you'll uh, walk, if you know the shortcuts, through the little alleyways that take you to back to the Govardhan town. And then there's a crossroads there at a big temple named the Lakshmi Narayan Temple. And then if you uh, walk down that road towards uh, Giriraj, what you're doing actually is walking down a road that is a crossover point. It actually goes right through the middle of uh, the Govardhan town. And this place is famous as depicted in this picture of this relief, actually, I think it is, of a pastime that took place there. Therefore, it's called Dangati, and it's uh, memorialized in uh, one of Rupa Goswami's famous writings. And he talks about this pastime, uh, the Dana Kaili Kalmudi uh, is his book. And there he talks about the pastime. So uh, 
it's a pastime uh, that gives you a, a, just a, a brief glimpse into the relationship that Krishna has with his um, eternal associates there. So at that place called Dhangati, there's a <clears throat> crossover that is not so easy to make and Krishna and his friends make it even harder to get through by putting up uh, rocks and stones. And basically what he creates there is a kind of a customs checkpoint. Just like when you go through any border, you have to go through customs, right? So he and his friends, uh, headed by Madhu Mangal, set up this checkpoint, knowing that the gopis are going to come through there. And of course, behind the scenes, the gopis, on the pretext of coming to a yagya that's being performed near Govinda Kund, are bringing all kinds of ghee and milk uh, for the sacrifice that's taking place there. Some sages, uh, brahmanas, are doing sacrifice, and it's their dharma, the gopis, to do this kind of uh, charity by giving uh, ghee to, to these uh, sacrifice performers. So when they come through this Dhangati, Krishna blocks their way and says, you have to pay some tax. And so uh, the gopis say, uh, why do we have to pay any tax? Why do we, why do we owe, owe you anything? And um, they're questioning Krishna's uh, authority. What, what is your authority here? So uh, Rupa Goswami goes on to explain that Krishna says, well, actually, this, is, this place is also known as Gopal Ban. It's the place of Gopal, so I'm the king here. Uh, I own this place. This is my place. And the gopis, in an argumentative mood, re re retort that actually Gopal also means uh, just somebody who herds cows. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're the, the king of anything. And, and um, then uh, Krishna says that, um, uh, or Radharani says that actually uh, all you do here is bring all your friends and, and cows and you trample everything. How can you be the purveyor of this place if, if you're just trampling it with all your friends? And so um, Krishna says, well, actually, I'm married to the, the forest goddess here, Vrinda. So the gopis call Vrinda. And they say, Vrinda, this boy says he's married to you. What do you say? And she said, I've never seen him before in my life. I don't know who he is. And then... Uh, Krishna says, I don't know why you're criticizing me like this. I'm actually a very religious person. I'm the most religious person that you're ever going to meet. And they say, yeah, we've heard about this religious person before. We heard that in Vrindavan, there's a religious person that killed a woman when he was six months old. And I heard also that uh, when he was a little child, this very, very religious person went around and just stole from everybody. Stole butter 
and also stole clothes of unmarried girls, this very religious person, and also uh, danced in the forest with other, other men's wives. Is this the religious person you're talking about? And then Krishna makes a counter allegation. He said, how can you make all these claims? He says, I'm a brahmachari. <laughs> they, they say, what kind of brahmachari are you? First of all, anyway, you said you're a king. Now you say you're a brahmachari. What are you? And, and why are you holding us back? So then finally Krishna says, I'm here on the authority of Cupid, and I'm going to tax you based on your beauty. And then he starts naming the different features of Radharani, like uh, for your smile, you owe me 20,000 rubies. For your eyebrows, you owe me 10,000 diamonds. And so then Rupa Goswami goes through the whole list, the way Krishna's actually indirectly glorifying Srimati Radharani, and he says that this is the way of the um, exchanges between Krishna and his loving devotees, especially those of Madhurya Ras, that it, it, the prema moves in an indirect way like a snake. Snake's going one way, the head's going the other way. And uh, parokshavad, which means indirect, uh, like poetry, ne never comes out and says, I love you. It says something else metaphorically. And then it's very subtle. And so this is uh, an area, uh, this Dangati, where um, this pastime goes on every day. The gopis and Radharani find a, a, a reason to come that direction just so they can meet Krishna, and Krishna is there waiting for them. And of course, as it's mentioned in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, these pastimes are uh, eternal. And there's a way in which the, the devotees who are enacting the pastimes they're always in them. And it's not that they remember the previous day and think I'm going again, but they're simply doing it uh, out of uh, loving inspiration again and again and again. So that's the Don uh, Gati uh, pastime. And that area, amazingly, when you um, come around the corner and are about to head down through Don Gati, on festival days, you see hundreds of people doing Dandavat Parikram and uh, walking through that area. Meanwhile, and I think they're trying to um, make this a little bit uh, more ruly there they, uh, by closing off certain roads during festivals. But then <laughs> you see rickshaws and cars and everything with people right next to them doing Dandavat Parikram. And you can enter into the wild world of uh, Govardhan Hill coming down that Dangati area towards the ashram. And uh, let me show you a couple pictures of the ashram where we stay uh, during the Kartik season. For the last um, 19 years, we have been able to have a successful yagya there. And this year, unless some miracle happens, Donald Trump said it will just go away. So maybe. Let's see. Here we are. Um, at Govardhan Hill. Again, another look at the Dangati pastime for you. And then uh, Govardhan. This is the ashram at Govardhan Hill. On the outside, on the bottom left-hand corner, you see the placard on the outside. It says Bhaktivedanta Ashram. And um, this is a view from the roof 
of the ashram on the bottom right-hand side of what the little rooms look like there. And so this really was a king's palace, but uh, is, is restored in a very simple, uh, rustic way, but clean and nice, nice uh, corners. And all of it, you see in the top right from the roof, you can see Giriraj. That's just beyond the green trees there. That's the very top of uh, Giriraj, Govardhan Hill. So those who stay at this ashram are literally at the foot of uh, Giriraj, staying right there. And then our main purpose for being there, at staying at the ashram, you see in the top left-hand corner, which is the... Um, this, we're holding there... Bukhar um, Vindi, can you tell which cantos those are? Or I think it's the Krishna book and sixth and seventh canto or the seventh and eighth canto. Uh, but all these devotees will come there and uh, stay in the ashram. And then we meet in the, in, behind the, the devotees there. There's an arched door. We, we have our readings inside that room every day for about five and a half hours of hearing. And then uh, many of the devotees go out for the parikram in the morning. And there's prasadam there in the prasadam hall, which is cooked by very elevated souls. And these are the founders, Giriraj Maharaj um, and Tamal Krishna Maharaj, when they were on their parikram, saw the place and wanted to uh, develop it as an ashram where those who are out during the year uh, meeting the public could come in and recluse themselves for some time and just hear and chant. And here's my dear friend, Keshav Marsh on the bottom right side. He came there and restored the place um, from the time it was a ruin, along with Asit Krishna Maharaj, who is a, um, now a sannyasi. He started, also, started off as a brahmachari there. And uh, I visited there when it was just a ruin, and they had no electricity, and they stayed there all, all year long. To, uh, to stay uh, cool and fall asleep in the summertime, they would take a gumsha and they would immerse it in water and get it soaking wet. Then they'd lie down on the floor and put the wet gumsha over them and then turn on the fan and hope they would fall asleep before the gumsha would dry out. And uh, they used, they looked up in books and talked to some local artisans, some old uh, people that had uh, the, the knowledge of how to build that kind of a structure and they use the exact same formula that had been used originally. And that had to do with uh, getting special ingredients and having them ground up using oxen walking around. And I think they're doing a similar kind of thing there at Ultadunga in Calcutta. When we went there recently, we saw that they're restoring the place and they were using similar materials and a similar process but it's painstaking. It took them several years to do. And the, the, the ashram has been successful in the sense that it provides a place for um, devotees to come and not have any other uh, distraction except for hearing and chanting. And I can tell you that there's a huge difference between staying in Vrindavan and staying in Govardhan <laughs> during Kartik. Because, you know, in, in Vrindavan, right, Subhangi Radha knows she lives in, in Vrindavan. 
you know, just to get into the Mongol Arctic, Prabhupada disciples are lucky because we have a roped off area. We can actually go in there without getting squashed. But I feel sorry for everybody else in the back. I mean, and as far as offering a lamp in the evening time, um, unless you're used to playing American or Australian rules football, uh, it's, a, it's a daunting task to get in there without getting smashed and crushed and things like that. And also, you know, there's just a lot going on there. And so when, when you leave that transcendental orbit and you get into the transcendental orbit at Govardhan, you'll notice it's very calming. It's, it's a lot quieter and more peaceful. And we're within the walls of this palace and, and really only selective people can get in. So why do I bring that up? It's important to find some place every one of us, where we can repair to for a certain amount of time and get our bhajan on and really experience what it's like to have no distraction for some time. And uh, do, do that, whether it's a three days or a week or a month or six months, it's important to be able to chant all day long. You know, what if you had a, what if you had a week and you could chant 108 rounds a day? Do you think that you'd be, feel different about the world, about yourself? Kashri's considering it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, that's important. And even as we know, the Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was um, re- retired into Puri. You know, he preached. And then Advaita Charya sent him a note saying, there's no more need for rice in the marketplace. Everyone's full. And so Mahaprabhu understood, now I can retire. And he went there to the Gambira and he just took a couple of associates with him and went deeply into his bhajan there. Of course, Prabhupada preached to the last minute. Uh, and, and this is also uh, ecstatic transcendental service. But I know the first time that I met Prabhupada in San Francisco and was introduced as a book distributor, the, the main thing he said to me and Keshav Bharti, Maharaj, and everybody else on the team was, you must also read my books. So it's really, really important to balance that and find a way to be fully absorbed at some points. Okay, let's see if there's any uh, reflections now from anything you heard or any questions to deepen the conversation. Should I be looking at the um, grid that shows the... I'll check and see if there's anything on it. Oh my goodness, there's tons of stuff. Okay. Rupa Mundri, we have Shredda Devi Dasi who commented, Achuta Bhava, thanks for being there. Uh, let's see, he said, so good to be following all the talks today. Thank you for all you do. Mix, missing you, missing you too, very much. Uh, Shredda said, uh, you cannot rise higher than your priorities. Upgrade your priorities by good association. And also, Maya is an equal opportunity distractor. Rupa Manjari, Haribo, uh, she says, it's my personal experience that I don't have much adhikar to spend a lot of time in physical uh, brudge. Often I am gifted with intense purification there. A kind, charming chagrin. But uh, she's giving. But uh, fortunately, we can go to Govardhan, Smarnam, and Kirtan with devotees like you, Archan worshipping our Giriraj Jew, and visiting Gupta Govardhan in Navadweep. Yes. And 
She also says, keeping our ideal above us in our head while outwardly engaged materially also seems to be exemplified in the uh, phrase, in the pause that Mahaprabhu ordered Raghunath Das to take at the time it must have seemed tremendously onerous. But from the long view, it was just a brief pause. Nice. There's a few more there, but I'll just check in the Zoom room and see if you have any thoughts or reflections you want to make. Yes. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Hey, now I, I remembered something about us and Govardhan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Maharaj, it's, it's been um, such an honor to uh, actually, you know, be with you in Govardhan, right? Um, I think from 2005 or 2004, I believe, um, at least a few times. And what I really got reminded of when you were describing the, the ashram is the Tulsi Maharani outside in the garden and our dear Karuna Sindhu, the cow, ISV cow. Yeah, so that's right. Always brings a, it's such an oasis within an oasis of Govardhan to yeah. be in the ashram. Was that 2005 that we went on a parikram, all of us together? Yes, it was 2005, and then we went again in 2006, I think, um, with my sister-in-law. And Oh, right. Yeah, and then one after her wedding, I think, around 2008. Amazing. Yes. So Tulsi abounds there all around the ashram, and then there's cows. There's a, a small goshala there, and one of the preoccupations of the residents there is going to see the cows and pet them and feed them and things like that. Yeah, good memories. Thank you, Rishesh, for really Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Bhakta Rohit. It's been a great fortune for, to be a part of this virtual Vrindavan uh, Parikrama because right now we're all locked up in various parts of the world and we're not able to physically visit the dham. But just like you mentioned yesterday about Suvrita, the elder brother, although he was in an abominable place, locked down, but his whole entire chitta was transferred into that Vrindavan temple and celebrating Janmashtami. Yeah. Uh, the association of devotees and you, uh, I, I, I feel I got the opportunity that Suvrita got in that, in that brothel, uh, being locked down but transferred in chitta to Vrindavan and all the places of that Krishna. Thank you for, for bringing that point. I mean, really, physically, you can be anywhere and mentally somewhere else. And Mahaprabhu talks about this when he says that if you, you should live in Vrindavan always. If you can't be there physically, you should be there within your mind. And so, really, um, Prabhupada wanted us to come there to the Dhams, and um, he wanted us to go back and preach also. And so the two go really well together. And if we can have these experiences, either virtually or by coming there and worshiping the Dham by doing service there, that goes into our heart and it becomes a refuge, even when chanting or remembering and even when we leave our bodies, if we have an affection for the Dham. One realization I've had about the Dham is that it's a relationship. And it takes, in any relationship, a while to develop. And so if you take a little time to invest in going to the Dom or hearing about the Dom and serving the Dom one way or the other, then 
after a while, you, you actually develop a relationship with the Dom and with the residents there. And then it, it becomes, you start to feel at home there. There are devotees I've known who, um, they didn't ever go to the Dom. And then when it was time, <laughs> time to leave their body, so, you know, somebody transported them there and they felt very out of place because it can be so different and a, a different kind of reality there that uh, if one's not used to it and haven't developed a kind of relationship, then it makes it difficult. Thank you, Bhakti Rohit. Anyone else? Or do you want to keep going on the parikram? Okay, that means we want to keep going. Let's see where we're going next. Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Okay. So when we go in Parikram, we come out the gate that's uh, here on the bottom left-hand side and offer obeisances to Giriraj. And then we start walking to the left. And if you walk to the left down the road, you'll come to Govinda Kund after about a 42-minute walk. And look how... Um, well situated Govinda Kunda is right at the the feet of uh, Giriraj. Is Giriraj in the surrounding Govinda Kund? So this place is famous, obviously, because of the the pastime that went on here with Indra and Krishna, which is. Um, the pastime in which Indra had become overcome by arrogance. And this is something that uh, one has to be careful about because even in the performance of devotional service, one could possibly develop a sense of entitlement. In fact, uh, Jamuna, the great uh, cook and singer and one of the pioneers of the Krishna consciousness movement, disciple of Srila Prabhupada who left the world a few years ago, said that uh, the greatest uh, impediment to devotional service is this feeling of entitlement. That I've done this or I've done that and therefore I deserve to be treated in a certain way or respected in this way or that. And um, especially if you have a uh, some position, you can start thinking like that. If you're a near apeksha Vaishnav, which means you have no title and no one really cares about you that much, you're pretty lucky. Um, <laughs> Queen Kunti said, Better to be akinchana, like I don't have anything. I don't have any name, fame no uh, high birth, no great learning. I just am sticking it out. I'm a mercy case. And even if you are a well-known person or you become famous for something, better not to, to take it. Don't take it. So Indra is uh, in a very high position. He's the king of the demigods, lives in heaven. It's easy to get 
carried away and obviously through the Govardhan Leela when he lost his temper, which is always a bad idea, and he then inundated Vrindavan and then realized that he had done the wrong thing. There's this uh, pastime that takes place where Indra goes to his guru, Brihaspati, and he says, well, what do I do now? And Brihaspati says, you've developed in a short period of time such a bad reputation that if you go to any respectable person, they're going to cover their ears and run away from you. So you're in a, a tough situation. So he said, this is catastrophic, really, the offense that you made. So in all such circumstances, and you'll find this throughout the Bhagavatam, what do you do? Go to Brahma. Brahma is such a great soul, and he's uh, the ruler of everybody in the universe. So let's ask him. So Brahma also had a little bit of a indiscretion and dealt with Krishna in a funny way by stealing away his friends and calves. Actually, sometimes people say that, well, it's worse what Indra did because he tried to kill everybody, but Brahma, he just stole the boys. But from another point of view, actually, what Brahma did was worse because he took Krishna's friends away. And if you look at the result of what Indra did, everyone came together at Govardhan. <laughs> In fact, one of the one of the defining features of the Govardhan Leela is it's the one place in Krishna's Dham, in his pastimes, where everyone's together at the same time in the, uh, e e exchanging rasa with Krishna. So in the Taitari Upanishad, it said, Raso Vaisaha. Krishna is the, the master, the supreme reservoir of all rasa. He exchanges with every everybody according to their taste. And uh, then when every devotee had to take shelter of Govardhan, everyone was there. His friends, Madhu Mangala, were there joking with Krishna as he was holding the hill, saying, oh, uh, you need a, need a rest? I'll hold it for you. And Mother Yashoda was there saying, you, you got to eat something. You know, this is a lot of work. And, and um, then Krishna was there, the gopis were there, he was uh, secretly kind of looking at them. And so everybody, all the cows, everyone came under the hill and was, was absorbed there. Nonetheless, Indra was in big trouble. So Brihaspati said, uh, go to Brahma. Brahma said, well, you should uh, take a, an ally with you that Krishna will be favorable towards. So go to Surabhi Loka, the planet where there are these beautiful Surabhi cows. Maybe our Sri Krishna Purushottam lives there, I'm not sure. But then went there and found the head uh, Surabhi cow and told her, at first she was not so inclined because Indra had such a bad reputation. I mean, look what he had done. Uh, but then she realized she could have the darshan of Krishna, so she agreed. And Indra got the idea that I will do an Abhishek. So his elephant, Airavata, went to the Mandakini and drank up all the water of the Mandakini River and held it in his trunk. And then they came to Vrindavan with the Surabhi. And then uh, Indra went to meet Krishna. And Krishna's so kind, actually, he arranged, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, 
a private place so that Indra doesn't have to embarrass himself in front of everybody. This is one of the qualities of Krishna. He's very soft-hearted. Even, you know, when the Keshava Kashmiri, the big pundit, came to Navadvip and uh, Nimai Pandit embarrassed him in front of everybody by defeating him so soundly, he didn't let his friends laugh at Keshava Kashmiri. He said, don't laugh, he's a great soul. This really affected that, uh, that pundit. He surrendered to Nimai Pandit the next day. But Indra was handled very carefully by Krishna, so they met in this secret place. Krishna was relaxing, and Indra came there, and he has eyes all over his body, so tears were coming from his many, many eyes on his body. And then, uh, in a mood of, of repentance, he began to uh, speak to Krishna. But, um, and some of the acharyas say that uh, first when um, he came there, Krishna lifted up his crown and said, hey, Bhagavan, uh, to, to Indra. And every time Indra started to say his prayers, Krishna would say something. So they were, da -da, da -da. and he was sort of making Indra feel a little awkward. And then Indra offered his, his prayers and apologies and wanted to do the Abhishek. So there they assembled and it wasn't just a few people, but all the great souls came from everywhere to watch the Abhishek. And Airavata gave the water from the Mandakini from his trunk and uh, Surabhi gave milk, unlimited milk, to bathe Krishna. And there were huge rivers of Charnamrit. And all of them ended up here at the Govindakund. I want to show it again so you can be seeing it. See? It's nectar. Ambrosia. And then, and then they, they went about the Abhishek, which you see here. Krishna taking the Abhishek from Airavata and Surabhi. And so one of the um, moods there at Govindakun is to repent. And this is something that Prabhupada brings up in the story of Ajamil. Ajamil, after he had really blown it and grown up as a debauchee and then got saved by saying Narayan one time, then um, he realized that he had been saved because he heard the conversation. As he was being apprehended by the Yamadutas, he overheard the conversation the Yamadutas and Vishnudutas had, and then he um, realized that he'd been saved, so he, he felt repentant. He tried to say something to the Vishnudutas, but then they disappeared. To give him an opportunity to really offer heartfelt prayers to Krishna, and then he went to Hardwar for some time and really uh, in a repentant mood, feeling regretful that he had wasted so much time, he began to uh, re-engage in his, in his uh, sadhana. And then he went back to Godhead. 
So Prabhupada mentions there that this mood of regret is important. Of course, one shouldn't have too much because if I have too much regret or sense that I'm, I'm no good, I can't do anything, then I may become uh, paralyzed by it. So the verse that uh, Krishna speaks in the Bhagavatam, the jata shraddha makkatasu nirvina sarva karmasu veda dukatmakam kamams prityage panishvara tato bhajeta mam prita shraddha lur jujanishchaya jushamanams chatangs kamams duko darkams to garyan. Garyan means to, to uh, feel repentant or remorseful. So Krishna says you can feel a little remorseful, like a spice, but don't uh, use it as your main motivation because uh, you can become waylaid by that. So uh, this is a place, Govinda Kun, to come and remember how to give up one's sense of entitlement because it can get you into a lot of trouble and also to uh, repent a little bit. Why have I wasted so many lifetimes in the material world and pray to Krishna for his help? Sri Govinda Kun Ki Jai. Now, in that place, uh, the, the demigods all gather together and they named Krishna Govinda. Who knows what the two parts of his name, uh, where the name comes from, what two parts? The one who gives pleasure to the cows and senses. Uh, that's kind of what it means. But what is the? What are the? It's a compound word put together that forms the word Govinda. Kautukardava knows. Krishna Okay. Uh, go plus Indra uh, is Indra is means owner and Go means cows. So yeah. Go. Or also Gava Indra. So Gava, Gava means cow and, and Indra means, you know, the Lord of, of everyone. So they were all saying, were the demigods and, and the cows, that you are our, our Indra. This other Indra, you know, we're not so sure about. But you are, the, you are the Indra of everyone, of the cows, the demigods. And there's two ways of looking at it. One is more from the side of, of Vrindavan where Govinda means cowherd boy. Krishna is just a cowherd boy and everyone loves him. And from the point of view outside of Vrindavan, from the Aishwarya point of view, there's a way in which the, uh, the cow is a residence of all the demigods. Sonal gave us a cow a few years ago that we keep in our house. And it's got on the cow, it has, I mean, not a live cow, but is a statue of a cow and it has it has all the demigods, all the devas on all the different uh, parts of the cow that you can look at and see. So when you, when you worship the cow, you worship all the, all the different devas and so forth. But Krishna is the uh, Gava Indra. So he's the, uh, even the Lord of all the demigods and so forth. So in any case, there's the crescendo to this pastime is everyone seeing that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And um, of course, as mentioned, after they worshipped him in this place of Govinda Kund, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, Krishna's friends had uh, 
then been at a distance, but then they saw all these uh, strange looking people there worshiping Krishna. And then when they came there, there was still all this paraphernalia there and they're looking at it. Hey, where'd you get all this stuff? <laughs> they, they were in a playful mood and not, uh, you know, just kind of, they just see Krishna as, as their friend and who these demigods are. They're just some odd looking people that, that came there for some time. And now let's just see if there's any last uh, reflections or questions. Birds fly in the sky as high as they're able. And today we did what we could to glorify Giri Raj Govardhan altogether as we're moving towards the auspicious day of Janmashtami. I thank everyone for joining us from different places around the world. And pray to Srila Prabhupada and Giri Raj Govardhan to please instill in us the lessons that have been uh, given to us by the great Acharyas and the great devotees of the Lord in association with the Holy Dham. Hare Krishna. Panchakalpadarishcha kripasindabevacha patitanam pavanidyo vaishnadevyo namo namaha Dayanini, Haribo. Anathakoti vaishnavindiki jai gor premanande Nacheri Armarman, 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 Nacheri Armarman,